us to talk about uh, lessons from the life of Samson. Um, you know, Mamutepi spoke a lot of prophetic things uh, 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 this morning uh, concerning um, uh, uh, where God is taking us to. Please say, with me, say this with me, ascension. ascension. Ascension means to rise up from a lower position to a higher position. Say elevation. elevation. Elevation also means to rise up from a lower position to a high position. Say acceleration. Acceleration simply means to speed up from the speed you were at, you decide to just rev it up and then go a bit faster. Praise the name of Jesus. So these are three things that you are sensing and there are many more things like expansion, amplification. These are words that you are sensing in our spirit that God and not God spoke about this season of ease. I love that. The season of ease. In other words, the things that you have been toiling at. This season, you're not going to be toiling for results. This season, you will just stand in obedience. You will just walk in obedience and you will see the goodness of the Lord without you trying too hard. Praise God. Now, I want us to therefore appreciate the season we're in. And a lot of the things that we are alluding to are just going to be accomplished through the anointing. That is why we taught you about the anointing so that you'll be ready for this season. Hallelujah. In the season of ascension, in the season of elevation, in the season of uh, acceleration, a lot of these things will be happening through the anointing, the anointing. So now you need to know how to handle the anointing, how to house the anointing. And, 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 the, and the purpose of today's message is to capacitate you so that when the anointing comes, you do not fail. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now the early church anointing uh, is the very anointing that will manifest in the last days so that we conclude the church age. The church age was started on the day of Pentecost and it was a very great anointing that was manifesting during that time. It was an awesome anointing that manifested during that time. And unfortunately, there came a time when it seemed like things were not going very well for the church. It was like the church was in the dark age for many years. Other people were even saying the gifts of the Holy Spirit are no longer manifesting in our time. And they, they, they spoke about the cessation theory. In other words, the Holy Spirit has ceased to move through his people. And this were, these were teachings that were going on. And in many Christian circles, you still get those teachings that there are no gifts of the Spirit. There is no such a thing as the anointing. The anointing ceased during the time of the early church. But now we're saying God is raising a generation, praise the name of Jesus, of men and women that will walk in the anointing to prove that the anointing is still well and alive, praise God. That the Holy Spirit is still moving through his people. But I want you to understand that for you to move in the power of this end time anointing, you need to know how to handle it. Yeah. Now, I want us to look at uh, the book of Judges chapter 13. Judges chapter 13. You can just read uh, uh, verses 3 and 4. Judges chapter 13, verses 3 and 4. I'm not sure who has the mic. With, uh, yes, let's, let's go for it. Judges chapter 13, verses 3 and 4. Amen. Glory to Jesus. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, mm. but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Mm. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean. Hallelujah. 
I love this. I want you to appreciate something about kingdom greatness. Kingdom greatness has a tendency to manifest in places with a history of barrenness. Say amen. amen. I want you to keep saying amen so that I know you're not sleeping. Amen. Kingdom greatness has a tendency to manifest in places where there is a history of barrenness. And that is why I want to speak to people who feel they are barren. People who feel that they don't have much to offer. People who feel that they are very restricted in many ways, as much as they would like to participate, but somehow they see limitations. God has a tendency of manifesting greatness in places where there are obvious limitations. In places where there is lack of resources, like we spoke the last time on the issue of lack of resources. For example, Abraham and Sarah, there is a history of barrenness. But out of that barren situation comes Isaac, who will be the father of the Jewish nation. Praise the name of Jesus. Let me again remind you of Elkanah and Hannah. Elkanah and Hannah were barren as well. They, they could not have children for many years of trying and trying to have children. But out of that barrenness comes Samuel, who was going to restore the glory of the Lord in Israel. Praise the name of Jesus. Let me remind you of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Out of their barrenness, many decades of trying to fall pregnant, many years of trying and trying, but ultimately God came through for them, and out of that situation came John the Baptist, who will prepare the way for the Lord. Hallelujah. God has a tendency of choosing barren situations in order to manifest his kingdom greatness. Hallelujah. This is what it will say in the book of Isaiah chapter 54. Verse 1, it says, Sing, barren woman, you who never had a child, burst into a song, shout for joy, you, will you who never were in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. And then it says, Enlarge the place of your tent, strengthen your sticks, lengthen your cords, and stretch your tent curtains wide. For you will increase to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations. Praise the name of Jesus. That is a prophetic word to a barren woman. I want to speak to everyone right now who feels like I am not anointed enough. I am not gifted enough. Do I qualify for the ascension, for the elevation, for the acceleration in this season? And the answer is a resounding yes. As a matter of fact, God has a tendency of choosing such people. If you have a sense of barrenness, you are the right candidate for what God is about to do. God is not looking for superstars. God is not looking for celebrities. God is not looking for popular people. But God is looking for barren people. Because these are people who will come before him and say, Father, I don't have much. But whatever you want to do through me, do it. Praise the name of Jesus. And I, I remember one day going to a huge church here in Devon. And uh, in this church, the pastor said, yeah, you must join our church. Our church is big. Our church is huge. Because if you want to do great things for Jesus, you must be part of a big church. And uh, uh, God will not do great things through small churches. And, and, and I sat in the back, I remember sitting, I was still a student at that time. I remember sitting back and I'm thinking, no, no, something is just not right with the statement. You see, God has a tendency of choosing this despised, the small, the overlooked, the ignored, the dejected, those are 
very candidates that God chooses. And Paul, Paul will say this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. He says, God's power is made perfect in our weaknesses. In other words, God's greatness will manifest in our limitations. Praise the name of Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are the candidate for what God is about to do. So please, don't be a spectator. Praise the name of Jesus. I said to you, stop complaining about your lack of resources. Stop complaining about your limitations. Because based on biblical history, God has a tendency of choosing those that are less resourced. Praise the name of Jesus. The second thing that I want us to see in the story of Samuel, and maybe let's read again uh, verses 3 through to 5. Same passage, uh, uh, so the story of Samson, uh, Judges chapter 13. Judges chapter 13, verses 3 through to 5. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, mm. but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Mm. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, yes. and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son mm -hmm. whose head is never to be touched by a razor mm. because the boy is to be a Nazarite mm -hmm. dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel mm. from the hands of the Philistines. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to talk, to talk very briefly about a Nazarite. Say Nazarite. You see, Nazarites are people who carry the highest form of the anointing. Uh, Nazarites are people that God has separated to himself. They are consecrated to the Lord's service. They are sanctified. They are, they are separated solely to serve God and serve him only. These are people who are not available for common social activities. And that is why God says to Manoah and his wife, don't touch alcohol, my God. He says, you are not supposed to do certain things because you are carrying a child that is anointed, a child that is separated unto me. And, and, and that is why, beloved, I want us to understand this concept of a Nazarite. One of the reasons why there is lack of the, the powerful move of God in our generation is because we don't have a lot of Nazarites. And I want us to understand that if the glory of the latter house is to be greater than the glory of the former house, Nazarites must come back. Praise the name of Jesus. And just to make you, uh, again, bring this to attention, Nazarites, typical example of Nazarites in scripture will be Jesus himself. Samson, John the Baptist, and the 144,000 witnesses that you find in the book of Revelation. For this anointing to come back, for this anointing to manifest, Nazarites must rise up. Now, the reason why I have to touch on this is so that you do not count it awkward when the Spirit of the Lord begins to separate you from the crowd. Don't feel awkward when you have to detach yourself from common social activities. Because God is in the process of separating people so that these people are available solely for His service. So don't, 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 don't feel awkward when all of a sudden you lose appetite for television. 
Complete awkward if all of a sudden you lose appetite for many entertainment forms. Praise the name of Jesus. And some of you are already experiencing that. I'm not going to say raise your hand. Because you are already feeling awkward. How come I used to have appetite for soccer but all of a sudden it's just going? I mean, honestly, I, I used to be a strong, strong soccer fan. I can hardly finish a game now. And, and, and you know, and, and, and I'm not saying some, anything is wrong. And notice something here, beloved. The issue here is not that it's sinful. But the issue here is that every time, every time you, 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 you spend time over here, but there is a pool to come for you to come over here. Praise the name of Jesus. And every time you go this way, there is a pool towards this way. So that you can spend more time in prayer. It's not about being religious. It is a pool of the Holy Ghost. Praise the name of Jesus. That reminds you that you are separated unto God. Praise the name of Jesus. And let me, let me just say, uh, 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 remind you of how this whole thing worked in the Old Testament. In Leviticus chapter 10, verses 8 to 10, the Lord says to Aaron, you and your sons are not to drink wine or other fermented drink whenever you go into the tent of meeting or you will die. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Notice they could drink wine. But when it comes to going into the house of the Lord, they were, they, 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 they were supposed not to even have a tinge of alcohol in their system. Because every time they had an encounter with God, if there was wine in their system, that would kill them. Because the wine and the Holy Spirit cannot share the same space. When the Holy Spirit comes in power and he finds carnal intoxication, you will die. Because the Holy Spirit himself desires to be your source of high. My God. The Holy Spirit himself desires that you be drunk in him. So you cannot have two things competing in order to take care, to take over your life. Because when the wine is filling your system, it takes over you. It intoxicates you. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he wants to take over. Now imagine him showing up and he discovers that there is wine. And for this reason, God will say to them, whenever you go to the house of meeting, make sure that you stay away from alcohol. Now the question that I keep asking myself, what about this generation where we have to go to the house of the Lord every day? Let me put this into context. In other words, the instruction was, on Sunday, <laughs> don't take wine. Maybe let's put it this way. On Saturday, <laughs> don't take wine. So that when you minister on Sunday, there must be no teeth of alcohol in your system. Now the question that I ask myself, what about those of us who keep going to the house of the Lord every day? Yeah. Are, you, are you hearing me? Yeah. <laughs> so it means, this means permanent abstinence. Yeah. Are you hearing me, beloved? And let's read further. It says, or oh, you will die. This is a lasting ordinance. Not just for you and your sons, but for generations to come. So that you will distinguish between the holy and the common. I love that. Praise the name of Jesus. In other words, there are common things and there are holy things. Let me just say this to you. There is nothing wrong with common things. Some of the common things are not sinful. But some of the common things are not fit for the anointing. 
That's the problem for you, beloved. That's what I want to embrace. That is why, beloved, let me just say this to you uh, uh, openly. There is nothing wrong with drinking wine. There is nothing wrong with drinking wine. There is absolutely nothing wrong with drinking wine. But you see, there are those of us who have discovered that we are Nazarites. Yeah. Praise the name of Jesus. Some of us have just discovered that we are carrying the anointing that is uncommon. And that is why we choose to abstain. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me, beloved? So it is for this reason that sometimes these debates on whether it's wrong to drink wine, it's, it's wrong, but is it wrong with this? Just to have an appetite before a meal for this. You know, as a matter of fact, it's taken from this steak as far as it is harder without a glass of red wine. I mean, when we're dining, Ruth, when we're dining, we are having steak. There has to be a glass of red wine. As a matter suit yourself. But some of us, some of us, some of us, some of us have just discovered that we are Nazarites. Some of us have just discovered that we are separated unto God. And therefore, there are common things that we cannot participate in. And that is why, beloved, you know, I was just sharing with someone that my wife and I, we, we, that most of the pastors we work with, they drink wine, you know, they, 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 they partake of these things. And, 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 and sometimes, you know, you, you feel like you are... You, you probably miss something, you know, and then all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord will remind you, you are a Nazarite. Praise the name of Jesus. So I want you to be very aware, beloved, that some of these debates are not relevant to us. You see, some of these debates have a lot to do with the revelation of who you are. And that is why I've even stopped imposing these values on other people. Because I don't know where they are in their journey of God. You know, there's something powerful that Mahmoud Zephi said. He said, some will remain at the foot of the mountain. But some have to climb the holy hill of the Lord. Some have to ascend the holy It just depends on where you want to hang out. If you want to hang out at the foot of the mountain, suit yourself. But if you want to climb the holy hill of the Lord, you have to adopt the Nazarite attitude. Praise the name of Jesus. It just depends. It just depends. Praise the name of Jesus. And it continues to say, in verse 11, Leviticus chapter 10. And so that you can teach the Israelites all the decrees the Lord has given them through Moses. In other words, you cannot effectively teach holiness if you are not practicing holiness. Now that, that explains why there is a struggle for holy living in the house of the Lord. A lot of people have not made a distinction between the common and the holy. In their own personal lives as a result they cannot demonstrate that let's go to the book of ezekiel chapter 44 verse 13 verse 23 ezekiel 44 verse 23 it says priests are to teach my people the difference between the holy and the common and show them how to distinguish between the unclean and the clean i love this priests are supposed to teach in addition to teaching people what is holy and what is common, they are supposed to show them how to make a distinction. That is, again, one of the things that you'll realize about the pulpit today is that there the, the, the are no more messages from the pulpit that are telling us the, the distinction between the holy and the common. And as a result, everyone is doing as they, as they deem fit. And it's not supposed to be like that. So the priests are supposed to teach and demonstrate. Praise the name of Jesus. It is going to be difficult to preach holiness 
if you're, if you're not showing it, if you're not demonstrating it. Now, somebody may say, okay, Mfundis, I hear you, but I am not a Levitical priesthood, Mfundis. But I mean, I am in the order of Melchizedek. I, I am not in the order of Levi. I am some Mfundis. Don't tell me about the Levitical priesthood. Because now I am in the order of Melchizedek. Okay, let's go. Let's go. First Peter chapter 2. Let us read about the priesthood that is in the order of Melchizedek. The, the, the new covenant priesthood. The, you know, I love the book of uh, First Peter chapter 2. It is about your royal priesthood. Now, verse 1. It says, read yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, hypocrisy or double standards. And read yourself of all slander. I hope you get that. Yeah. Verses 4 and 5. As we come to Christ, the living stone, we also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Praise the name of Jesus. Do, do you get the connection there? Verse 1 says you must read yourself of malice, read yourself of deceit, read yourself of double standards, read yourself of all slander, because you are, built, you are being built up into a holy priesthood. Verse 9 says this. This is where most of us will remember. Verse 9, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Notice again the separation between darkness and light. This separation is critical even for the new covenant priesthood. There is a distinction between darkness and God's marvelous light. So what was true in the Old Testament is also true for the new covenant priesthood. And verse 11, verse 11, verse 11 says, I urge you as foreigners and as exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Verse 16, live as free people, but do not use your freedom to cover up your evil. Do not use your freedom to justify evil, but live as God's slaves. Hallelujah. So it is the same thing. There must be separation. Even the new covenant priesthood, there must be a distinction between the common and the holy. That is why we are being instructed to read ourselves of all malice, read ourselves of all deceit, hypocrisy, and all slander. Praise the name of Jesus. So, it has not changed, Matandigaya. Holiness is still a demand, even for the new covenant priesthood. Why are we sharing these things? So that you can carry the anointing in these last days. I want you to appreciate the relationship between the between holy living and verse 11. Verse 11 says, I urge you as foreigners and, and, and as exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Verse 16, live as free people, but do not use your freedom to cover up your evil. Do not use your freedom to justify evil, but live as God's slaves. Hallelujah. So it is the same thing. There must be separation. Even the new covenant priesthood, there must be a distinction between the common and the holy. That is why we are being instructed to read ourselves of all malice, read ourselves of all deceit, hypocrisy, and all slander. Praise the name of Jesus. So it has not changed, Matandigaya. Holiness is still a demand, even for the new covenant priesthood. Why are we sharing these things? 
so that you can carry the anointing in these last days. I want you to appreciate the relationship between the, between the holy living and the anointing that is over your life. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30 to 31, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed or anointed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Praise the name of Jesus. So in other ways, the Holy Spirit can be grieved by these things. So we need to rid ourselves of these things. You cannot constantly grieve the Holy Spirit and constantly move in the power of the Holy Spirit. That, 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 that's, that's the relationship we have. Let me just remind you that um, unlike your gifting, your anointing is very sensitive. And we've made this distinction before. That your anointing is very sensitive. Your anointing can lift off because your anointing has been given to you by the Holy Spirit. If you grieve the Holy Spirit, he will be grieved to a point that the anointing can lift off. You can remain with the gift when the anointing is no longer there. So it's very important that you keep remembering that because many times we see people make things happen even when the anointing is gone. And then we think it's the anointing. Judges chapter 13, verse 5. The Bible tells us that Samson was anointed specifically to liberate the nation of Israel from the Philistines. Again, I want to say this, we have said this before. The anointing is not for your branding. The anointing is not for name branding. It is not to outcompete. It is not to outmuscle. It is not to outsmart. The anointing is not for you to show yourself as much more better than the colleagues in the ministry. Praise the name of Jesus. But the anointing is for a specific reason. And I pray that in 2020, you may discover the reason why you are anointed. So that you don't abuse the anointing. So that you don't abuse your authority and power. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, another thing that I want to address from the story of Samson. Maybe you can read Mamun Pathele, verses 17 and 19. Judges chapter 13, verses 17 through to 19. Then Manoah inquired of the angel of the Lord, What is your name? Mm. So that we may honor you when your word comes true. Uh -huh. The angel replied, Why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. Then Manoah took a young goat together with the grain offering mm. and sacrificed it on a rock to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the Lord did an amazing thing while Manoah and his wife watched. Mm. Now, here's the thing. One of the reasons why Manoah is asking the angel of the Lord, what is your name? Is because Manoah was doubting what the angel of the Lord was saying. There was doubt in his heart. And that is why the angel of the Lord gives him, gives him a very uh, unkind answer, so to say. He says, my name is none of your business. Because you see, Manoah is saying, no, no, no. The reason why I want your name is so that when what you have said, when what you have declared comes to pass, we want to come back to you to honor you. So in other words, I, I don't exactly believe what you're saying. But I want to have a conversation with you when the baby is born. Now, I want you to appreciate this story, beloved. Unbelief is not going to help us in this journey. In 2020, God is going to be doing great things and very swiftly. He's going to be doing things very fast. There will be many suddenlies in the spirit. But here's the thing. You have to deal with unbelief. 
There's a, a story in this, very similar story to Manoah's story. In the book of uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 20, Zechariah is questioning the angel of the Lord. Same story. The angel of the Lord comes to Zechariah and Elizabeth, you will conceive, you shall have a baby. After many years of barrenness, and, 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 and the angel of the Lord comes with that word. And Zechariah struggles to believe what the angel of the Lord is saying. And this is what happened to him. He lost speech. In other words, for the duration of the pregnancy, Zechariah could not speak. In other words, he could not participate in what God was doing. Because he failed to believe the angel of the Lord. Now, here's the thing. We are announcing, beloved, there will be ascension. There will be elevation. There will be acceleration. There will be expansion. Please conceive that in your spirit. Incubate that in your spirit. Believe it before it happens. Otherwise, there will be those of us who will be silenced. For the duration of the move of God, you will just be a bystander while God is moving. You will just have an observer status while God is moving. Why? Because of unbelief. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't want to be a bystander. Praise the name of Jesus. Unbelief will make you a bystander. In the book of Hebrews chapter 3 verse 19, Israel could not enter the rest that the Lord had prepared for them because of unbelief. So in other words, while God was preparing the land of promise, there are those who could not participate because of unbelief. I hate it, beloved, when God moves in my generation and I find myself as a bystander. Listen. You can sing all you want. Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. You know, and then many of us are singing that song. Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, please don't do it without me. Do you know that as long as you sing that song with unbelief in your heart, you will still be an observer. You will still. So deal with unbelief. Praise the name of Jesus. When you say, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. There must be faith in your heart. And, and I want to talk about this uh, uh, holy faith that you must be building up during this season. Build up your most holy faith. You know, and in the book of uh, 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 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says this is the spirit of faith. We believe and therefore speak. Yeah. Let me just deal with this new age thing that is going on in the church. People are saying nice things that they don't believe. There's a whole lot of declarations and confessions in the house of the Lord. Can I, can I just deal with this in 2020? Please stop confessing things you don't believe. That's not a kingdom way. In the, in the new age, in the new age, they say confess it until you believe it. In the kingdom of God, we don't operate like that. One of the reasons why we have a lot of backsliders in, 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 in the church is because there are people who are confessing things they don't believe. And when the year ends, People have been doing a whole lot of confessions and things have not happened and then they blame God. Why? Because you are confessing without believing. In the kingdom, we don't believe, we don't confess till we believe. In the kingdom, we believe and therefore confess. Praise the Lord Jesus. And there's a huge difference. You don't fake it till you master it. No, 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 no. In the kingdom, you, you, you believe, you believe, you believe. You, 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 you take in the word of God. You embrace the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You embrace the word of God. You incubate the word of God. And as faith begins to well up, you make confession. Praise the Lord Jesus. So please, your confessions must line up with what you are believing already. Praise the name of Jesus. If you want to see things, don't just post, you know, and again, there is no mystery. I hope you understand by now. There is no mystery in you posting things on the wall. This year, 
I'm having a cup in Jesus' name. This year I'm having a mansion in Jesus' name. This year a new job. This year business. You know, that, that, there is no mystery in that. That's new age. That's new age. Here is a secret. You sit in the presence of the Father. Praise the name of Jesus. You seek his face. You seek his righteousness. You seek his kingdom. And then as you seek his face, as you seek his kingdom, as you seek his righteousness, he begins to deposit things into your heart. Please, by the time you post things on the wall, by the, by the time you put things on the back of your door, they must have come from the Holy Spirit. We don't want disappointments. We are tired of disappointments. We want to say, Father, I claim this because you have put it in my heart to appropriate it in Jesus' name. We are not being led by the flesh. We are not walking in the flesh anymore because that has been characterized by a lot of disappointment and we blame God. I want to go for things that God is impressing in my heart for me to go for. Praise the name of Jesus. No more carnality. Hallelujah. This is the spirit of faith. We believe and therefore speak. Hallelujah. The fifth thing that I want to highlight about the life of Samson. Samson had two witnesses. Number one, he had uncontrolled sexual desires. And secondly, he had a struggle to keep secrets. In the day I was putting a green veil to Samson. Why you make a little at we bamba you was kashana. I bamba, I bamba, I bamba. You just needed the right woman for Samson. For the secret to be out. You just needed the right woman, the right massage. You just needed, you, you just needed the right atmosphere, the right ambience with music in the background. These were his witnesses. And these two witnesses played for each other uncontrolled sexual desires and failure to keep secrets or untrustworthiness. Jesus was tested three times in the wilderness. We've spoken about him in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 13. And after Jesus was tempted three times, in verse number 18 in Luke chapter 4, Jesus' anointing is confirmed or affirmed. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hey, hey. After having been to the wilderness, praise God, I love that. After having been to the wilderness, he was tested three times. In other words, three, three, three signifies tested, tried, and approved. Praise the name of Jesus. That's number three. Tested, tried, and approved. Praise the name of Jesus. And then he says, as, as, a, as a way of bringing out this approval, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. God has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has anointed me to set the captives free. He has anointed me to declare the year of the Lord's favor. Praise the name of Jesus. And Samson was tested three times. Samson was tested when he saw the woman in Timnai, the Philistine woman. And when he saw that woman, he wanted to marry her immediately. And the parents are saying, but wait a minute. There are better girls. There are better girls where we come from. Why would you want to marry the Philistine woman? But Samson insisted to marry her. It's the same. It's the whole thing of failure to control your sexual desires. Samson saw a prostitute in Gaza. Judges chapter 16 verses 1 and 2. And then spent a night with the prostitute. 
And it was a, a, during that night that the Philistines almost finished off his life. Samson, in Judges chapter 16, verses 4 to 5, sees Delilah. And he decided again to marry her. A Philistine woman, tested three times, failed, disapproved. For in other words, for Jesus, these three temptations meant tested, tried, and approved. For Samson, these three temptations meant, meant tested, failed, and disapproved. Because after Delilah, the anointing lifted off. Whereas with Jesus, after the last, the last temptation that he conquered, the anointing was confirmed. Present of Jesus. And it is for this reason that I want you to appreciate the association between your life of holiness and the anointing. These two are very intertwined. Praise the name of Jesus. And it is very important that we appreciate this. Now, you cannot conquer the enemy that you are having a flirtatious relationship with. This is what Samson failed to understand. If you are anointed to conquer the Philistines, you cannot be flitting with their males. Males of a you are not, you're not supposed to be flirting with their girls. And, 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 uh, as far as Mamun said, we are sending the army to attack the Philistines. We are fighting. And when we are busy, seeing, seeing some, some girls that you can, you can play with. You cannot win in that situation. No, we can't win in that situation. See, I'm going to Philistines. It cannot be done. You're conflicted. You're conflicted. We are calling the Philistines our enemies. We are calling the And yet, these are the very people that you are anointed to conquer. And yet, all of a sudden, they are your in-laws. Listen. The Philistines cannot be your in-laws and be your enemies at the same time. You are conflicted. And this is exactly what, so, what, what Samson failed to understand. And I want us, therefore, Barcelona, to clarify these things in 2020. An enemy is an enemy. You are not supposed to have a cause relationship with the enemy. Praise the name of Jesus. You can ask Samson, it does not work. You cannot get rid of idolatry and false prophets in the nation of Israel while your wife, some, some, uh, Solomon, while your wife is worshipping idols in your very palace. Ahab had the same problem. They are trying to get rid of, uh, of, of, of idolatry and false worship in Israel, but there is a Jezebel in the palace. It cannot be done, Basama. In 2020, you must not be conflicted. The lines of demarcation must be clear. These are our enemies. And this is the war we are fighting. Praise the name of Jesus. How was worship at last season from the Ura Hall? No, how was? Maybe while on this, let me touch on social media. There is something that often conflicts the church. The issue of social media. I think many of us need to deal with this issue. When we check what people are doing on social media, Abazarwani are friends with people on social media that are enemies of the cross. How can you follow on Twitter someone who is an enemy of the cross? 
See, abide another when you are following another. You like on social media and you come to a prayer meeting, you find the very same thing you were liking. You are conflicted. You are conflicted. You know, someone was showing me a post that was posted by a lady on social media, on Facebook. This lady is a believer, child of God, and she tells the whole world about her sexual experiences. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, she, she just released everything on social media. You know, the, 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 the sexual experience she had with the boyfriend. And I thought to myself, no, 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 no. When someone showed me this, and I said, no, 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 no this is wrong. This is, this is horrible. And I said, I said, no, 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 we are unblocking this person. We, we are blocking this person. We are unfriending this person. Because you see, Pastor Luan, here is the thing. I want, I want you to be vigorous in this area. Please deal with this viciously. Unfriend anyone, anyone who is, who, is not, who is not articulating what is in line with the warfare we're in. Praise the name of Jesus. As far as we are entertained by people's sexual experiences on social media. And then we come in prayer meetings and say, we come against sexual immorality in Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. Why lovers are running are liking? No. Liking all kinds of nonsense. Yeah. Let us deal with it. Yeah. And what worries me as well, let, 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 let me just come back on this one. Please unfriend these people. Amen. Unfriend these people. Because every time, and I post about this, I don't know what's going on. I honestly don't know what's going on. When people are on social media, I don't know whether the, the, they are, the, 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 their holy filter just stops working. I, I honestly speaking, I don't know what's going on on social media. People are crazy. People are crazy. Please, Pastor, deal with these things and friend all these people. Because here's the thing. You know, I remember someone once sent me a joke. You know, it was not a horrible joke. And, but there was something in that joke that was a bit, you know, unbecoming. You know, you know when something is not, and, and <laughs> it's not outright wrong, but you can tell there is naughtiness here. Yeah. And uh, I remember every time I would look at this joke, I would just laugh and laugh and laugh. And then the Holy Spirit said, delete this. Delete this. You know all of those jokes when you cannot wait to go to the men's meeting before you share it? And the Holy Spirit says, delete this. Delete this. And you know, I had to delete it. And I was amazed as, as innocent as that joke appeared. But I realized that the Holy Spirit was grieving. The Holy Spirit was being grieved. Then I was entertaining myself with something that was not necessarily sinful, but there was a lot of naughtiness in it. But wait. I want us to understand, if you are a Nazarite, if you are a child of God who is going to carry the highest form of the anointing, there are things that you need to be sensitive to. Praise the name of Jesus. Anything that grieves the Holy Spirit, please deal with it and deal with it urgently. Praise the name of Jesus. Any relationship that requires you to tone down on your spirituality, in order for you to, to be accepted, for you to fit in, please don't pursue that relationship. You cannot be fighting the Delilahs in the spirit and be befriending them on social media. Ahead. Ahead. 
very interested in the anointing, but are not interested in the anointed one. There are non-believers who just are fascinated with your strength, but they don't want to know Jesus, who is the giver of strength. Now, this woman is saying, show us the source of your power. Not because he wants to be part of worshippers. Not because she wants to be a, a part of the nation of Israel. No, no, no. She wants to destroy. I want to say to you, there are people who will come to the church so that they can figure out our strength and then try to destroy from within. Let us descend those relationships as well. President of Jesus. And, and, and Samson is asked, show me the, the, the source of your strength. And then he says, if you can just use the bow strings, use the bow strings, and just tie me up with the bow strings. And, and then, um, then he says, okay, I'll, uh, uh, he falls asleep, and then they tie him with the bow strings. And, and then the woman says, uh, the Philistines are upon you. Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He wakes up, and then he just unties himself, like these bow strings are nothing. And then he says, uh, uh, the woman says, but you, you, you have lied to me. You don't love me. Uh, uh, please watch out for those relationships too. Hallelujah. Uh, you, you don't love me. You don't care about me. Just show me. Show me the source of your strength. And then Samson says, if you can use fresh ropes that have never been used before to tie my body, indeed, and you will find where my, my strength is. And then uh, he falls asleep. He's tied with the ropes. And again, the woman says, the Philistines are upon you. He wakes up. And then again, he's able to untie himself without any struggle. The woman co continues to complain. And then Samson says, no, 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 listen. If, notice, notice, notice the, the, the trend. He says, if you can tie my hair. Uh -huh. If you can just tie my hair. Tie my hair to the fabric. And then use a pin. Use a pin to just tie my hair tight. It's a speedy. It's a and then, again, he, the woman does that. And then, wake Samson up. The Philistines are upon you. Wake up. And then again, Samson is able to wake up. The last straw. Three temptations. Tested, failed, and disapproved. The fourth attempt. The last straw. <clears throat> this one is not just a flippant statement. This one is a conversation. Conversation with the enemy. Yeah. I am a Nazarite. Yeah. I was anointed from my mother's womb. Yeah. The power that God has given me is in my hair. No razor has ever been to my scalp. It is a very sad conversation. When you are selling out to the enemy in your sober mind, you sell out to the enemy. And that is why, when you see ministries fall, please don't think it's something that happened overnight. Someone had a very sober conversation with the enemy. With tears in his eyes, I am a Nazarite. But you see, here's the thing. It was sexual temptations. It was sexual drive that he could not control. He knows that if, if, if I don't tell this woman, there are sexual pleasures that I'm no longer going to enjoy with them. In other words, the sexual pleasures spoke louder than the voice of the Holy Spirit. I am a Nazarite. I am the anointed of the Lord. No raise has been to my scalp. I was anointed from my mother's womb. It's almost like he's begging, please don't cut my hair. But I have to tell you my secret because I love you. Unfortunately, you can never negotiate with the enemy. Yeah. You can never beg the devil. 
for mercy. You can never tell the devil the truth and hope he will let you, will let you go. It's a very sad conversation. It's almost like he's saying, Honey, I hope you're not going to cut my hair. But this is where my strength is. Please don't cut my hair. He falls asleep. Can you read the story? In the book of uh, Judges, chapter 16. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines. Come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids mm. on his head, mm. of his head, and he and so began to subdue him. Mm -hmm. And his strength left him. His strength left him. <clears throat> the anointing left him. And I want to say this again, beloved. The anointing will not just leave you unceremoniously. The anointing will not just leave you abruptly. There will be stages. And every stage, you will be very much aware of what's going on. There's a lie. The presence of God, the anointing of God, don't, it doesn't just leave you. There are stages. And every stage of the way, you are aware of exactly what it is that's going on. That is why Jesus, Jesus, if you are the Son of God, you know, just, 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 just turn the stones into bread. And if you are the Son of God, just, just jump off from this high place, and the angels of the Lord will grab you. If you, if, if, if you want all these kingdoms, bow down and worship me. Praise the name of Jesus. Jesus was aware of what was going on every step of the way. And the enemy was after his authority. The enemy was after his anointing. Praise the name of Jesus. Please be sober. That is why the scripture says, be sober so that you can pray. Be clear-minded so that you can pray. Don't allow yourself. One of the reasons why there's so much drug abuse and being intoxicated by alcohol is so that the enemy may steal your sobriety. The enemy will steal your clear-mindedness so that you make crazy decisions. Be sober at all times. And then the Bible says, you know, I'm sure when Samson fell asleep on Delilah's lap, he was hoping, just hoping, that Delilah was not going to catch his hair. But unfortunately, the moment he woke up, Philistines, the Philistines are upon him. The Philistines are upon him. When he woke up, the other version says, he woke up thinking that he will do what he usually does. That's a picture of the church that used to walk in the anointing. You go to the pulpit, you grab the mic like you usually do. You go to the pulpit, you sing like you usually sing. But the glory of God, the strength of God, the anointing of God has lifted off. By the time you did that, nothing could happen. And they grabbed him. And here's the sad story. When the anointing had lifted off, another atrocious thing they did. Verse 21, Mamun this is a very sad, sad story. Verse 21, verse then, Judges 16. Then the Philistines seized him, mm. 
gouged out his eyes mm -hmm. and took him down to Gaza. Mm. Binding him with bronze shekels, mm -hmm. they sent him to grinding grain mm. in the prison. That is a very sad story. Not only did he lose his anointing, but his eyes were gouged out. Eyes removed. And I can tell you that this was a horrible situation. If you think about it, that they would not even apply any anesthesia. They just used a knife to gouge out his eyes. And that's the pain. And that is why, Pastor Ryan, listen, that is why I keep saying, you don't backslide. Don't go back to the enemy. Don't go back to your sinful nature. Because the moment you land into the devil's hands, you will pay for every word you preach. You will pay, you will have to pay a price for every sinner that God saved through your ministry. The devil will make you pay. The, the enemy will inflict pain for every soul that you minister to. Never think that the devil is your friend, even if you fall into his hands. There is not going to be any welcome party for any believer who backslides. They will not. They will not welcome you. So they take a knife and they gouge out his eyes. And I can imagine the scream and the, 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 the crying. And, 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 and again, he cries and he can no longer share a tear. His eyes are removed. The removal of the eyes signifies the loss of your prophetic edge. The loss of revelational knowledge. The loss of spiritual vision. When the anointing lives, the next thing that goes is your ability to see in the spirit. That is why it becomes a downward spiral, beloved. Things get from bad to worse without the anointing. This is a ministry where people will continue even when they are no longer walking in revelational truth. But they will continue. They will continue. Can you just read on one part This is the last stage of the death of this ministry. It's a very sad, sad, sad stage. You know, when the eyes have been removed in, in, in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, the Bible says, where there is no vision, people perish. In other words, when eyes have been removed, when spiritual eyes can no longer see, the next thing is death. But before death, something painful, but painful happens to Samson. Let's read verse 25. While they were high in spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed. My word, you can stop there. When there was once an anointing and the anointing lifted off, there is loss of vision. There is loss of prophetic accuracy. After prophetic accuracy, prophetic edge has been lost, the next thing, it becomes entertainment. But notice that you insist on performing when the anointing is gone. When you insist on performing, when the anointing is gone, it's nothing else but performance. It's nothing else but entertainment. That is why even in the church today, there are a lot of ministries that used to move in the anointing, but are now entertaining. 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 And that is why, again, I'm, but I'm just speaking in a prophetic sense. The reason why preachers are becoming motivational speakers motivating in the secular circles you know you motivate everywhere even the enemy is no longer threatened by your ministry even the demon possessed people are blessed by your ministry you no longer challenge even the devils 
you come to secular circles, even the devil worshippers are clapping at the things you're saying. They're no longer challenged by them. Why? You are an entertainer. When the anointing has left and we insist on doing things, we begin to entertain. Whatever theatricals you perform, without the anointing, become entertainment. And at this stage, God is no longer your deployer. At this stage, God is no longer your commander-in-chief, but you are employed by the enemy. Notice, yeah, yeah, this is a very sad story. This is a very sad that They were actually celebrating Dagon. They were worshipping Dagon here. Yeah. They were worshipping idols here. Yeah. And they're saying, bring Samson to entertain us. Can you imagine this is a man who once killed 1,000 Philistines with a, with a jawbone? This is a man who could do great and mighty things, beloved. But here he is entertaining the Philistines during the festival of their gods. But Lord, may God help us. May God help us. I don't know about you. I don't want to be an entertainer. I don't want to be an entertainer. I don't want to. I don't want to be employed by the enemy. I want to walk in the anointing. I want to walk in the anointing. Remember that Samson had opportunity. He had an opportunity to repent. He had an opportunity to turn back back to God, but he did not take that opportunity. There were ways of escape that he did not take. And, and here's the thing. And his ministry dies, was what? But here's the thing. I love God. Say God. Is the God of a second chance. Oh, God is gracious. God is gracious. In the midst of all this chaos that's going on, there's a verse that I love in this whole story. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful but sad, sad but beautiful, you know, painful but beautiful at the same time. Judges chapter 16, verse 22, if you may just read just that uh, initial part of the verse, it says what? But the hair on his head began to grow. I love that you can stop. And the hair started growing. Praise the name of Jesus. You see, the growing of this hair signifies a second chance. We stand so that even in the midst of your mess, you are in a mess. You are entertaining right in the dungeons of hell. You are entertaining devil worshippers, but your hair begins to grow. Oh, God is merciful. God is loving. And, and, and the Philistines are not even noticing that the hair is beginning to grow back. And, and, and then uh, he, as the hair begins to grow back, he, you know, he, now at this time, Samson is aware of what's going on. He realized that I've missed God. I have messed up. And, and, and at this time, he's beginning to repent before God. And the hair continues to grow. He begins to repent before God. The hair continues to grow. And he will come to entertain. And they will take him back to his dungeon. Come to entertain, take him back to his dungeon. But this time around, when the hair had grown, he says to the person who was leading him, because he could no longer see, remember, he has no eyes at this stage. And he says, just put me next to the pillars of this building. Just, I want to feel them. I want to feel them with my right hand. I want to feel them with my left hand. 
He says, I'm going to entertain them from here. And then he grabs both pillars and, 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 and they think he's dancing. They think he is playing to his tune at this time. And at this time, he, he says, Father, just one more time. Just one more anointing, oh God. Just for the last time, Father. Let me not die a shameful death without fulfilling the purpose that you created me for. Just one more time, oh God. One more chance, one more chance. And the power of the living God comes upon him. In that shameful state, the power of the living God comes upon him. He begins to move and he feels the power of the living God coming over his life. And he begins to shake the pillars of the building. And the Bible says 3,000 people collapsed in that building as it began to shake the pillars of the building. And then the word of God says, so, Samson killed more in his death than in his life. 3,000 people died. And all the rulers of the Philistines who were in that building. But here is the story, beloved. I want you to sober up to this truth. You see, God can step in into our mess. Because he's a loving God. He can step into your mess. God is gracious. It's never too late to say, Father, I'm sorry. Lord, I've messed up. And I don't know where you are at right now. I don't know who I'm speaking to. But it's never too late to say, Father, I have messed up. Step into my mess, oh God. Just one more chance. One more chance. Praise the name of Jesus. And there's an old song that we used to sing. Just one more day. I thank God just for one more day. One more chance. I thank God for just one more chance. Praise the name of Jesus. But I don't know about you. You see, I prefer the uncut hair than the hair that's growing back. Are you tracking with me? Are you tracking with me? The uncut hair is better by far than the hair that grows back. Because the reality is, as much as you kill the 3,000 after your hair has grown back, but you die in the process. There is a better story that could have been written by about Samson. There is a better story that could have been written. The better story would have been he did not yield to Delilah. The better story could have been he did not die without his eyes. The better story could have been he did not die. He did not die with the Philistines. Praise the name of Jesus. And, and I, I want you to embrace the power of the uncut air. God is gracious. You can mess up and your hair will grow back. But there is a big price to pay. You see, the grace of God, I've said this many times, the grace of God does not get rid of the consequences of bad decisions. When grace steps in, it will not change that you have lost your eyes. When grace steps in, the fact that you have been shameful, you have been an entertainer, and some people will remember that for life. That will not change. But God is gracious. Oh yes, he's a, he's a restoring God. You know, he's a God of a second chance. But here I am, beloved. I beseech you by the message of the Lord. Choose to be a Nazarite. Don't let no Delilah cut your hair. Praise the name of Jesus. 
They must be not Delilah who will mess up with the anointing. Please say, it with, say this with me. I am the anointed of the Lord. Not Delilah should mess with my anointing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Delilah stands for anything that is ungodly. Stands for sexual immorality, entertainment, alcohol, devil worshipping, anything that is trying to steal the anointing from you. Praise the name of Jesus. Please stand on your feet. I don't know what's your story in 2020, but there are great and awesome things that God wants to do in this season. I prefer the uninterrupted anointing than the anointing that is interrupted. Because there are great losses when the hair has been cut. And I pray in Jesus' holy name that you may prefer the uninterrupted anointing. Praise the name of Jesus. How many of you are saying we're not going to drop the ball in 2020? Oh yes. Praise the Lord. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by the spirit of the Lord these things are done. We are not going to drop the ball, not because the core was gone. But the grace of God, the grace of grace in Ghana. The grace in Ghana was alone. The grace in Ghana. In the grace in Ghana, we're confident that this is on Melana, not denying. Praise the name of Jesus. The grace in Melana, it is a corner, corner. Where we are not supposed to touch, we won't touch by the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We, we will not go to places we are not supposed to go to by the grace of the living God. Hallelujah. Because the cool is in this particular There are great and awesome things. Praise the name of Jesus. And I want us to sing this song. If the worship team can come forward, say, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Praise the name of Jesus. Pure and holy. I want you to embrace the life of a Nazarite. There are great and awesome things that God wants to do through you. The sick will be healed through you. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. People will come running to the cross through your ministry in 2020. Our 250 mission will be accomplished in 2020 and in this season. Praise the name of Jesus. Because God has anointed us for such a time as this. Praise the name of Jesus. Lord, prepare me. Praise the name of Jesus.